on a number of occasions when I've preached here, that um, when Jeff's been doing a series, that he's left me to do the difficult passages. I thought it was a conspiracy. But today is a fantastic subject. <laughs> one, <laughs> one of the great passages of the Bible, one of the great prayers of the Bible recorded for us. I was walking in the Langdales in the Lake District some time ago, and as I uh, was coming down, I met another guy who was walking on his own, and we got talking. And uh, I don't know how things got round to spiritual matters. And he said to me, he said, I, I don't like radical Christianity, he said to me. Now, maybe he was thinking of radical, where young Muslim lads have been radicalized to strap themselves with a bomb or shoot some people. Maybe he was thinking of that radicalization. But radical Christianity is something absolutely wonderful. Extravagant love, overwhelming kindness, abundant charity, amazing generosity, dedicated self-sacrifice. These are some of the things about radical Christianity. And in this passage... The Apostle Paul is lifting our sights. I've called this message, expect something better. <laughs> expect something better. <clears throat> I've been around the church for a long time. I've been a, well, I went into Bible college in the class of 66. That's 1966, <laughs> in, in case you were wondering. And uh, I think the church is a little bit like that um, nursery rhyme that we say to children about the little girl that had a little curl right in the middle of her forehead. And when she was good, she was very, very good. But when she was bad, she was horrid. <laughs> well, here the apostle is showing us how things can be. Before this, he, he's saying, I, 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 for this reason, I'm praying for you. What reason was that? I believe the few verses before, it tells us that the church of Jesus Christ was to be a showpiece for the principalities and powers in the heavenly realms. That God was showing his wisdom through the church, how educated and uneducated can meet together as brothers and sisters in Christ. Wealthy and uh, poor, can meet together, male and female. There are no barriers. Uh, you, you know, of all people of all types and all shapes and sizes meet in Christ and we are one in Jesus. And the principalities and powers say, what wonderful wisdom he has in bringing these who would not normally be together, together in Christ Jesus. <clears throat> Uh, whatever culture. <clears throat> so, the Apostle Paul, he said, I'm praying for you. I thought it must have been a great comfort to Peter when Jesus said to him, Peter, 
I've had a conversation with the devil. It's never been, it's not recorded, but it's implicit in the, in, in, in the story. I've had a conversation with the devil, and the devil wants you, Peter. The devil wants you. But Peter, I have prayed for you that your faith doesn't fail. I prayed for you. What a comfort that must have been to Peter. So Jesus said, Peter, I prayed for you. And here the apostle Paul, who was a great prayer. You might remember in the Bible the, the, the story of the seven sons of Sceva that were sort of exorcists. And they tried to cast this demon out of a, a guy. And this guy, uh, the demon inside this fella, he said to them, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? <laughs> so Paul was known in the spiritual realm. He was a great prayer. And people have come along who've been uh, great prayers. <clears throat> uh, think of <clears throat> a man who lived down here praying high, John Hyde. And the, the story goes how the, the, the church people were having a... a a convention and it was one of those conventions in the afternoon it was like stirring porridge nothing was happening <laughs> it was so heavy going the preacher was fed up they were off and they said this man Mr. Hyde is coming he's coming to pray for the meeting and they brought him along or he came prayed the atmosphere lifted Praise God, and the Holy Ghost moved in, and they had such a great, a great awakening of the Spirit of God. <clears throat> so, Paul says, "I'm praying for you that God will give you, according to His riches." How many of us know that God is rich? Not in, we don't think in terms of gold and silver, for God created it all. But he's rich in love, he's rich in patience, he's rich in power, he's rich in strength, he's rich, he's got plenty of joy, has the Lord. He's got plenty of wisdom, self-control. And so the Apostle Paul is here praying, I'm praying that you will be strengthened in your inner being, your inner man. <clears throat> strengthened with power. Jesus said you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Um, it said of Abraham, he was not, he was strong in faith. And Paul said to Timothy, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And another part of this book says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. When John was writing his epistle, he said, I've written to you young men. And uh, we'll include women as well. When it says man, it's mankind. It's not just... Anyway. He said, I've written to you fathers because you have known him who was from the beginning. I've written to you young men because you are strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the wicked one. Strong young men. Strong young women. Strong in faith. Strong in the love of God. <clears throat> Now, he says, I'm praying that the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, will strengthen you. <clears throat> this is the ministry of the Holy Spirit. When the uh, 
when the angel came to Mary and he said to her, you, you are going to have a son. He's going to be called Emmanuel. Of the government of his, the extent of his kingdom, there is going to be no end. And he's announcing to her how she is going to be the mother of the Lord. And she says to him, she says, how can this be, seeing I have not been with a man? And this is what the Lord said. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. And that holy thing which is born in you will be called the Son of God. Whatever your need and my need this morning is, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the highest will overshadow you. What a wonderful thought. And Paul is praying here that we'll be strengthened by the power of the Spirit. How many of you know lives have been wonderfully transformed by the Holy Spirit? I was, um, I was thinking, first of all, about the first disciples in that upper room. Jesus said after he was a when he ascended up to heaven, he said, don't go preaching this message yet, the message that, that Christ has come and died and, and, and been raised from the dead and now people can have their sins forgiven and be saved. Don't go preaching yet, but wait for the promise of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> and so they waited another uh, 10 days. I, I think they were probably getting right with one another. How many of you know that the disciples were a kind of a, a, a selfish group at times? Everybody wanted to be the best. You, you know, which of them would be the greatest? They had that conversation a time or two. And I guess those 10 days after the ascension of Christ to the coming of the Spirit, they were getting right with one another. So when the day of Pentecost came, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly... There was a sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind filled all the place where they were sitting. Cloven tongues like fire sat on each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them the ability to do that. And then they went out into the street and all fear had gone. Hallelujah. The joy of the Lord came in in fact, they, they were so happy. People said, they said they're drunk. Now, I've never been drunk. I've seen a few drunk people. <laughs> and uh, we lived in, a, in Macclesfield at one time. And uh, we, we lived in a very posh area. There were three pubs we could see from our window. <laughs> Often we would see people staggering home, happy, pouring down with rain, but they didn't care. They were full of the spirit, but it was the wrong kind of spirit. <laughs> well, these first disciples, they were so happy, they were so filled with joy that the folks said, I think, I think they've had too much to drink, these people. But it was nine o'clock in the morning. And through the centuries, people have been radically changed by the power of the Holy Spirit. I think of a, an evangelist by the name of Charles Finney. Charles Finney, uh, he said he was waiting on God and waves of liquid love kept pouring over him. He said, and I bellowed out the unutterable gushings of my, my heart. 
and uh, Charles Finney became a great evangelist. Um, saw absolutely thousands and thousands of people one for Christ. And then the pioneers of Elim. Now, Maldwin's written a book about it. I've brought um, another book along this morning uh, to, for you, if you want to have a look at it. Some of the early days of our own movement, the Elim movement, where people were radically changed by the power of God. Phenomenal miracles happened in the meetings and in answer to prayer. Um, and uh, it, it was so exciting. <clears throat> Another fellow I like was a man called Charles Price. He was a congregational minister, uh, but he was seeking the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And he went to this Baptist church. It was packed out. He couldn't get a seat anywhere. But they were meeting in the schoolroom. The schoolroom was packed out. He found a little place behind the piano to pray for the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And as he prayed, he was praying till about one in the morning. His friend said, why are you hiding here behind the, 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 the piano? He didn't want to be seen, you see, as a minister. He said, this guy said to him, come to the middle of the room, he said, where the Holy Spirit is falling. He said, I want, I want the Holy Spirit, he said, but I don't want to fall down. So his friend said, well, you have to fall down. He said, well, I heard you saying to that guy over there, he didn't have to fall down. Well, that's right, he said, he doesn't, but you do. <laughs> <laughs> he was suffering from a bit of pride. So they prayed with Charles Price. Down he goes, undignified as anything, on the floor. And his story goes like this. He said, as he was lying there, God gave him a vision of like a ball of fire coming down. And it settled over his head. And out of this ball of fire came flames, flames. And he was dodging these flames. <laughs> and, uh, but one of them hit him on the forehead. He said, and it went right through his being. He said he was praising God in other tongues for ages. He, this was one in the morning. He said he was walking and praising God all that night. And when he said, he said, I'm... I wonder whether my church will like this kind of thing now. He said, I, I, I'll have to tell them what's happened. He said, and if they don't like me, they can sack me. So he got up the next Sunday morning and he, he said to the congregation, he said, things are going to be different around here. He said, if you, if you don't like it, like it, you can sack me. <laughs> well, he preached and the story goes 80 people committed their lives to Christ, and you studied the life of Charles Price. Phenomenal miracles happened in his ministry. So radically changed by the power of God. Hallelujah. When John Smith and I were out in Los Angeles, we went on a Sunday morning to the Angeles Temple, where a lady evangelist, Amy Semple McPherson, used to be the minister in the 20s. And uh, there is a room there, and it's full of wheelchairs, um, crutches, aids of all sorts, where people came hobbling in and dancing out. Hallelujah. How many of us would like to see those days again? That the fire, that the fire he talked about. Hallelujah. That roaring fire that seems to, sometimes it comes in waves, doesn't it? When the, the tide comes in in waves, we just seem to be in a, where the wave has gone. We want the wave to come in. We want the fire to come in again. Hallelujah. Now, 
This is what the Apostle Paul, I better hurry up. This, <clears throat> the, the Apostle Paul is praying for them that the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the Holy Spirit will strengthen you in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your heart by faith. What does he mean? Haven't they accepted Christ? We say, would you like to receive Christ into your life? And uh, what does he mean when he's now asking them that he's praying for them, that the Holy Spirit will come upon them, that Christ may dwell in their, in their hearts by faith? <clears throat> the word is that Christ may settle down and abide in your heart. The question of lordship is still unanswered in a lot of people's lives. They are believers, and there's that beautiful picture in the last book of the Bible, and the last church they mention in there, where it, it speaks of Jesus. He says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. Now, these were already believers. They were already Christians. But somehow, Christ seemed to be on the outside of their lives. The lordship of Christ had not quite been settled. As a lot of Christians know Jesus as Savior, but not as Lord the issue has not been resolved yet. <clears throat> there was a, a message in the flyleaf of a missionary, and it read like this, Lord, I want nothing for myself. My father in his younger days had a nice singing voice, and the chorus of one of the songs he used to sing goes like this, not what I wish to be or where I wish to go, or who am I that I should choose my way? The Lord shall choose for me. Tis better far I know, so let him bid me go or stay. <laughs> that is a life surrendered. Who organizes your time, your relationships, your finance? Is it just a self-centered thing, or is it under the Lordship of Jesus? <clears throat> that Christ may settle down and abide. You have people round for dinner. Say, oh, we had a lovely night together. Uh, and uh, we, we ate this and we did that. And, and then they go home and say, oh, that was lovely. We must do this again sometime. But suppose the guest said, I'm moving in. <laughs> I'm moving in. <laughs> Not just for a meal. I'm coming to live here. <laughs> I'm going to be there when you get up in the morning. I was going to say when you've got your curlers in, but <clears throat> for us, it's a, that would be a miracle. <clears throat> I'll be there when you're having your lunch. I'll be there when you're watching TV. I'll be there through the good times and the bad times. That Christ may settle down and abide in your life. When Christ comes in, love comes in. <laughs> he talks about being rooted and established 
in love. I listened um, one time when there was a convention up in Grimsby many years ago. I listened to the Christian counsellor Selwyn Hughes who was speaking. He wrote the book Every Day with Jesus and other books as well. And Selwyn said this. He said, a lady came to me one time. She said, Selwyn, she said, my problem is I don't love Christ enough. And Selwyn said to her, no, that's not your problem. Your problem is you don't know how much Christ loves you. (laughs) That's your problem. Rooted and established in love that you have power to grasp with all the saints. How many of you have either, when you've gone on your holidays and the flight is in the middle of the night, you've set off in your car and there's been hardly any traffic on the road. You say, oh, wonderful. No traffic on the road. We only saw two cars all the way we went. How many of you know normal life is not like that? The problem with drivers, I find, is other road users. Life would be a lot easier without them. Yeah. <clears throat> now, I, I have got, when I got my latest insurance, which I didn't realize at the time, I got to put a little fob in my car, and it checks up on me how I'm driving. Well... I've been doing okay. I was up to 98% the other day. I've dropped to 91 today for some reason. (laughs) Well, confession is good for this. (laughs) It tells me what what you've got to do, you see, when you have one of these things. You've got to think two or three cars ahead. If the red light comes on, you know the next one's going to break. So you brake gently. They don't like your breaking suddenly in these things. You've got to do it right. And so when we're aware of other believers, how many of you know life is easier when you're on your own? Have you ever been to a Bible week? There are no bad Christians at Bible weeks. They walk around one foot off the ground. They all have a halo around their head. They are so wonderful, and you can sing till three in the morning and, and praise the Lord, and then you... <clears throat> but you get back to the local church. Oh, my goodness. <clears throat> how many of you know... <clears throat> how many of you know Christians are not perfect? There are only two perfect people in this particular church, I can tell you. One is my wife and I. (laughs) And and between you and me, I've got my doubts about her. (laughs) In In isolation, there is no Christians in isolation. It's easy to love people you don't know. But he says... I'm praying that the love of God's going to come upon you and that you will know with all the saints what is the length and the breadth and the depth and the height and to know the love of Christ that passes knowledge. It surpasses knowledge. There's this love of Christ. Hallelujah. 
Jesus loves you more than you realize he loves you. There's that, what is love like? We can, it comes off the tongue, doesn't it? Love. What is love like? Well, we have a definition of it, don't we, in Corinthians. And I'm going to change the word love and I'm going to put the word Jesus in. And this is what uh, the, first, the 13th of Corinthians says if, with my translation now. Jesus is patient. Jesus is kind. Jesus does not envy. Jesus does not boast. Jesus is not proud. He is not rude. He is not self-seeking. He is not easily angered. Jesus keeps no record of wrongs. Hallelujah. He easily forgives. He doesn't keep a black book on your, with your name on it. Jesus rejoices with the truth. Jesus always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Jesus never fails, never fails. Hallelujah. A little girl once prayed as she knelt by her bedside at night. She said, dear Lord, would you make all the bad people good and all the good people nice? <laughs> How can we have this love which passes knowledge? It's a revelation. He's praying that the Holy Spirit will come upon us, that Christ will settle down in our lives, and that we will know by revelation the length, the breadth, the depth, and the height. And to know this love which surpasses knowledge. <clears throat> I don't know whether you remember the BT advert and it showed the hunchback of Notre Dame with his hunched over Charles Lawton style. And uh, the phone rings and he answers. He says, it's Esmeralda. <laughs> she loves me. <laughs> well, I want to tell you, it's Jesus, and he loves you. <laughs> and to know that revelation, to know that revelation deep in your heart, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. What does this word fullness mean? It means a full number, full complement, full measure, copiousness, plentitude, that which is completed. The word describes a ship which is has a full cargo and crew, and a town with no empty houses, full and complete. <clears throat> now, how are we to live like this? How are we to enjoy this? You as an individual, we as a collective of God's people, how are we to know this? Well, with man it is impossible, but here the apostle says, now unto him who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine according to the power that works within us. Hallelujah. He is able. 
how many of you would like to, 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 to be like this, to, to be the answer to this wonderful prayer of Paul. He said, I'm praying for you. I'm praying that the Holy Spirit will come upon you, that you will be strengthened with his power in your inner man, that Christ may settle down in your life and that you may know with all the saints what is the length and breadth and depth and height and to know this love. <clears throat> oh, hallelujah. And I feel this morning as I talk to you, I talk to myself also, that the Lord is saying, behold, I'm standing at the door and I'm knocking. <laughs> Do you hear my voice? Do you hear something from heaven? Do you hear the tapping of the Holy Spirit saying, I want to come in. I don't want to be a dinner guest. I want to be a resident. I want to settle down with you. For some of us, the Lordship issue has not quite been satisfied yet or settled yet. And I think God is saying, let me in. Let me in afresh. Let me move in your life. Let me move in your church. That Christ may dwell in your heart by faith. <clears throat> My first church was in Hayes in Middlesex. <clears throat> and we went to a minister's meeting. I used to go to the minister's meetings. And there was a Baptist pastor. <clears throat> excuse me. And uh, he, we were a very small and struggling church at the time. And uh, he, had a he had a larger church, but he said, we had a move of the Holy Spirit in our church. Fancy that, Baptist. Didn't know it was allowed. <laughs> he said, we had a move of the Holy Spirit in our church. He said, the prayer meeting quadrupled in six weeks. He said, and there were two ladies. He said, this guy said to me, the two ladies in our church, listen to this, they hadn't spoken to each other for 20 years. When one went down that aisle, the other went up that aisle. <laughs> they, they avoided. He said on Sunday morning, they were in the middle of the aisle hugging one another. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And to know the love of Christ. To know the love of Christ that passes knowledge. That you might be filled with all the fullness of God. How many of you would like something like that? <laughs> I know I would. Oh, praise God. The fire that, uh, the, the picture that Mike shared with us from the Spirit this morning. The church in periods has been ablaze and Satan has tried to put it out and it looks in some places like it's almost out. But praise God. The embers are there. Is there, is, is, is there still a bit of fire just underneath? <laughs> In days of old, we used to build our own bonfires. Uh, now we go to displays, don't we? All sophisticated. But we had bonfires. And, and then the day after, all the bonfire had gone. But there was usually a bit at the bottom. And we used to try and get it going again. To have another fire after November the 5th. How many of us would like to see the fire get going again? <laughs> oh, praise God. Would you stand with me, brothers and sisters? Oh, hallelujah. <clears throat> I'm praying for you. Paul says, I'm praying for you. 
And if it's right that this letter was a circular letter, that other churches got the same thing as then, but they just changed the name, <clears throat> it's, it's, it's as much for us today as for anybody. Hallelujah. That Christ may dwell in your heart by faith. This is what he's saying. He said, I'm bowing my knees before the Father from whom the whole family in heaven and earth derives its name. I pray, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you. Come on, just put your hand on your heart right now. That he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. He says, and I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp. Are we trying to grasp it this morning? How wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge and I'm also praying that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now, if some of us are thinking it could happen to somebody else but not to me, this is what he goes on to say. Now, to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Jenny, amen. <laughs> this <is the> extra one. <laughs> Praise God.